Feeling tired at the gaming table? Want to hear foul-mouthed jackasses poke fun at gaming companies when they screw up? Want an honest, street-level opinion from a team of gamers that call it like it is? Then Blunt Force Gamers may be the podcast for you. Listener discretion advised. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and gamers of all ages, it is I, your host, doing an episode that's probably going to get me in trouble, because this week we're talking about oozes. Along with me are my co-hosts, Darth Blasphemous, hail to the dark side, slightly closer to the mic. <laughs> I see you wanted to go first this week too, but you you went first last week, so go ahead and go <laughs> second this week. And Kazarkan, the Lord Dragon. So we're talking about oozes, which is one of my personal uh, favorites, so this might turn into an After Dark episode real quick. <laughs> wait, wait. <laughs> we haven't done... Oh, now you bring up pictures of slime girls, you bastard. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it actually asked me to turn my safe search feature off. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, this might turn into an After Dark episode, so I'm just going to put this warning out before we actually enter into the roleplay aspect of this. This episode may not be for those underage or those who are mentally um, not mature enough to understand that sometimes dudes just want to stick their peckers in things they shouldn't. <laughs> I'm just going to leave that out there on the if floor. If it burns, it's working! If it burns, it's working. You know, tiny fuck the stump. Um, those who get that reference you'll laugh your asses off I know it regardless the the theme of doing different god damn it the theme of covering the topic of different (laughs) creatures wrong podcast about doing different creatures wrong (laughs) podcast yeah Uh, we'll get to that later you guys are trapping me on this one Uh, (laughs) but oozes they're the classic you have the gelatinous cube which is so used it was in a disney movie yeah actually actually uh as far as the creature type it goes by itself in like monster manuals and in lores yes you have the gelatinous cube which is a hunk of mindless acidic jello it just wanders around it just wanders around you have things like uh puddings um Sorry, my brain is already going to puddings, not consent. <laughs> uh, but yes, you have puddings, you got slimes, you got molds, you got ickers, you got amoebas, you got jellies. Pretty much anything that has no mold. discernible anatomy mold uh, kind of counts depending on the situation. That's kind of a situational one. Yeah, I mean, it, mold is one of those weird ones that hits both plant and ooze categories. It does. I think, however, what we should start on, though, is um, <clears throat> let's talk about the beneficial aspects of oozes to begin with. Uh, no cold shots? No cold shots. Because trust me, when you got someone that goes into piecemeal combat, it can become a pain. Or uh, trip monkeys. Oh, yeah. Grapple monkeys. Grapple <laughs> monkeys, trip monkeys, uh, people with cold shots, uh, crit hit builds. Yeah, they hate oozes. Because... Where do you crit on a cube that is just jello of acid nasty? 
They're usually immune anyways. Well, they are, doing with... and that's the whole point. That's why they're immune. My favorite use of the gelatinous cube is to use it as a falling block trap. Yeah. yeah. Rather yeah. than your standard, you know, falling rocks, people die, it's falling cube. Or a uh, straight-up pitfall. Straight-up pitfall. Plus, uh, Uzas have the ability to see in absolute darkness, which is nice, because they get basically blind sense, tremor sense, whatever you want to call it. So in most cases, Uzas are especially lethal in dark, moist caves. God (laughs) damn it! (laughs) I wasn't going to do it, but he beat me to it. I'm trying not to here, but... (laughs) The adventurers are exploring an underground right, catacomb. <laughs> Have you ever been spelunking? Yeah, but usually the caverns are only getting warm when you're near, uh, was it the I was steam in, vents? Uh, well, well, you're in steam vents, yes. They get very warm. But for the most time, I've been spelunking before, and most caves that go at least 200 feet below surface level have a consistent temperature of around 65 to 70 degrees at all times. But so they're humid. Or they can they be. Can. They can be. Uh, the ones that I went spelunking in were actually love events. So they were dry as a bone. Like you walk out of the, the cave after a day and a half of spelunking and you feel like a slab of beef jerky. It's just like all the moisture's pulled out of you, dude. You go through so much water you don't realize it. Yeah. But in <clears throat> proper catacomb environments... I'm using those words specifically. Uh-huh. <laughs> Oozes have no problems if the player characters have no source of light. So, oh, hey, yummy. Yum, yum. And on that, you know, many Oozes also have the ability to climb and adhere to surfaces player characters can't, such as the walls, the ceilings, cracks, crevices. Uh, if there's stones on the floor, uh, okay, if we're in an environment where there's uh, plenty of water, Say there's an underground stream nearby, that stream may be completely infested with the oozes since they will live better in that kind of environment. And perhaps, uh, depending on the type of stream it is, especially if it's an outdoor to underground to outdoor yet again kind of stream, then they have plenty of food in the uh, in algae, small particulates, tiny fish, insects. Adventurers. Adventurers, yeah. So they can thrive in an environment that's underground like that. Oh, yeah. There is also the other benefit, especially in a more magically oriented campaign, of sewers. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, for a while there, habitually, like, every town I had had some sort of ooze, mold, or slime living in the sewers. Since the primary food source is organic material. Hey, it doesn't specify what kind. It doesn't specify what kind, as long as it's organic. Well, you throw some oozes down there and your sewers stay fucking immaculately clean. And you don't have a rat problem. As long as you um, design the sewer to be like the, um, I think it's the French Bell design for a torture chamber. Yeah. Where you, you have your, your solid chamber at the bottom that's cylindrical in shape, typically. And it curls up like a bottle. Basically, mm. the chamber looks like a bottle. And so, most oozes, depending on the ones you want to use, won't be able to climb up that gradient once it starts reaching the uh, 70 to 45 degree angle, so they won't escape from the well. So you can just pour some oozes down in the sewers, they can't get back out, boom, your city stays clean no matter how much the outhouses get used. And, you know, you might or might not not... It may take care of Rodentia down there, too. It may take care of Rodentia, obviously, because if a rat gets too close, nom 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 nom. 
And if the prisons get too full, well, just throw them in the hole. Or the even problem. that, if you're... Because we've all seen it used in a dungeon before, but if you're in, not too much an evil wizard, but if you have the ability to summon or trap an ooze, they make great guard dogs. Oh, they do. Absolutely. And, you know, garbage disposals, because player characters are wont to do this. Oh yeah, let's just throw a gelatinous ooze we carried down in the bottom and just build a chute into our castle. Anything we don't want, just toss it down there. And of course, uh, I know it's a sensitive topic... I do know that, but oozes come in all colors. Which means, like, again, the wizard who wants to use one as a guard dog say they got, like, a tiny moat in their underground lair for whatever reason. The players are going to look at it and go, a tiny moat? Really? What the hell are you doing? We're the Wonder Twins down here? You know, quick, you'll turn into a gerbil and I'll turn into a bucket of water. No, it's actually just a clear ooze. Just Oh, yeah, clear oozes are... Fucking terrifying. Yeah, so you, you see a tiny moat and you think, oh, it's nothing, you know, but no, it's actually just a really clear ooze waiting for food. Go to reach down with your water container. Yeah. <laughs> there hell, goes. it is one hell of a trap to do that, too, with the, the fountain trick. Oh, dear. You know, they, it's oh, it's an a, ooze, like, cleaning itself on the in the fountain. It's just an ooze cleaning itself in the fountain. <laughs> you go to take a drink, you dip your hand in, and... Ha ha ha. Oh, hey, cool. <laughs> Bath and a meal. And it's a romantic evening. Bath and a meal. Hell yeah. <laughs> All you're missing is rose petals and candles. <laughs> I just had a horrifying thought. What? You get glass vials. Oh dear. I, you I... take samples of the ooze. Okay. You're fighting trolls. You start no. throwing... No? No. You don't just get little bits of no. acid. No. No? No. <laughs> I have been through this debate before. Okay. No. As a GM, you can't harvest acid. As from a GM, you can harvest acid from an ooze. Okay, because that's where I was going. If on. I would say, as a GM, if you have an alchemist skill, you can extract acid from an ooze. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that wouldn't be too hard. Or if you're playing a, a more uh, futures type game, uh, replace alchemy with chemistry. Mm-hmm. And through, of course, you know, the, the standard processes of elimination and extraction and all that stuff. Yeah, I would say totally. No problem. I'm sure we would be able to see, in this day and era, Nile Red melt down an ooze to extract, like, grape flavor from it. Because Nile Red has an awesome channel. I'm just saying, I'm not sponsored by Nile Red because he's not sponsored. I like well, Cody's Lab. Cody's Lab is good. I also like Fire and Explosions. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They're great. Uh, regardless, I'm saying... Just harvesting the components by themselves, no. Okay. At best, you are going to wind up with a, a low-grade toxin or poison. Yeah. At best. We've had this conversation. Okay, now if we get back into basic biology, which oozes lack, creatures need three specific things to survive. Mm. They need oxygen. They need a source of food. And they need a source of shelter. You know, for rest. Well... We you remove shelter from this and just get right to the root basics of food and air. Mm. If you take a part of an ooze or even a baby ooze and stuff it in a vial and cap it off, it'll die. It's going to suffocate like anything else. An amoeba doesn't last forever in a vial filled with water with the lid on. Mm. It'll last a while, yes, but not forever because it has no food. Water bears they will still die over time. No food. No air. 
Almost everything we know of carbon-based life form on our planet requires at least food and oxygen to continue to, to exist. So, I am sorry to burst your bubble, but putting oozes in vials? No. With alchemy skill, I would say yes. Well, just to get the acid out of it. But to actually trap an ooze and be able to have a pocket attack ooze, what would you recommend? Just be an ooze summoner? Uh, an ooze summoner would work perfectly fine. We had a character, he tried this uh, one time, as he mm -hmm. took a jar... And he scooped off a chunk of ooze and then threw it at uh, an NPC, expecting like some sort of fucking Extra. the blob moment. Yeah, where it, it just, just expands and all of a sudden you... Yeah, where the ooze would just like suddenly expand over the guard's face and start eating it. And I'm like, no, dude, you've had that jar in your pocket for like five weeks. You haven't opened the lid at night to let the ooze get some air. It can't breathe. Literally. <laughs> you haven't fed it anything in five weeks. It's fuck all dead. Mm -hmm. What you got right now is really runny jello. <laughs> Probably not tasty jello at that. Probably not tasty and smells a bit off because it's mostly decaying organic material at this point. Mm -hmm. So, I'm sorry to burst your bubble on that one. Maybe in a world it'll work. Uh, well, I just figured because since they seem to mostly just be an acid blob, you'd be able to just bloop. But like you said, you need to have an alchemy skill. Yeah, you need to understand... Because, I mean, it's not like you're targeting an alchemy gland, because the whole thing is one big yeah. bit. Yeah. Uses, uh, like many of the creatures we covered, are living creatures. Mm -hmm. uh, therefore, I would have to say the rules apply to them as far as what we know uh, currently, in, not even in scientific, just in common sense terms, what living creatures need to survive. Mm-hmm. So just in common sense terms, I would say an ooze requires certain things like any other living creature to retain. Continue. To, to continue. Yeah. Yes, they are mindless eating machines, but they need to eat. But they do need to eat. So in a bag of holding, there's only enough oxygen for what, like a couple minutes, right? We've just um, before. I, I've seen the math done, like extrapolated to the nth degree, uh, but the time by the rules is like, I think, 10 minutes. For per for one single medium sized creature. Yeah. Yeah. So if you were able to create a magic device to try and make it basically so you had a fucking gelatinous creature in your bag of holding it, oh, do like several bits. Well, that would be easy. Um, creating a magic item like that would be child's play. <laughs> to make an ooze launching bag, yeah, no problem. There you go. Yeah, it would actually be hilarious. Uh, some of the more complex items that I've Make tried to come up with is yeah. like um, making a, I hate to admit this, but turning an ooze into a form-fitting bodysuit. Oh, yes, I remember. Um, actually is not child's play um, because, again, oozes need to eat. And after putting on the bodysuit, you finally, you kind of feel a tingling sensation, so it's better as a cursed item. <laughs> yeah, I just, yeah. I'm trying to stay clean on this one. Mm -hmm. God damn it. Well, let's, to stay clean, let's look at some pre-created oozes then. Okay. Uh, All right. Kaz, go ahead and pick one off the sheet. You want me to scroll? Tell me to scroll. Let's go Cerebric Cyst. Mmm, a cyst. It's not a Tuma. <laughs> oh, that, oh. Ooh, this, good wow. choice. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Alright, so we're looking up the Cerebric Cyst here as a group, which is a challenge rating 7. So, of course, for those who don't want to do the math, a group of 4, this is a challenge rating for them at level 7. It is a neutral evil tiny ooze. Why does it have neutral evil? Does it have intelligence? Uh, 
I thought oozes were just neutral. They're just eating machines. Well, some yeah, of them. It oh, it has 15. an int of 15. Okay, this is yeah. evil ooze. So the, they expressly called out on the oozes. Uh, every ooze has these traits. Most of them are mindless unless it says differently on the stat block. Absolutely. And let's look here at this description. Would one of you read that, please? This floating purple brain has occult sigils glowing on its surface and tentacles made of ectoplasm. This ah. sounds like some mind flayer bullshit. It sounds like an anime I once watched. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I've seen that anime. Yeah, um, just... Oh, it's electrical, too. Even better. Uh, 2D, uh, I love this. 2d6 electrical plus empowering strike. So it's a strong, independent ooze that don't need no solid. <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh, it's a psychic. It's got, of course, mind thrust. It has dominate person. Dominate person, mind thrust, to charm monster. Synesthesia, telekinetic projectile, all of which at will. Yep. Yeah. Like 10th level caster effect. With a plus 14 to concentration. So Yeesh. it has as uh, abilities also to it: defensive combat training, dodge, great fortitude, iron will, and weapon finesse. I'm guessing that's for the tentacles. Yeah, uh, not a great uh, diplomat, but definitely an excellent liar with a plus fourteen to bluff. <laughs> and it's quite wise at a wisdom twenty-two. Wisdom of twenty-two, yeah, that's a huge bonus there. Oh yeah, no wonder it's using the weapon finesse. It's got a strength, a base strength of four. Yeah, it's got a base strength of four, of course. So it's going to be a precision hitter. This looks like the kind of thing that uh, you sneak up on players. Oh, yeah. You know, not, not as the uh, brute kind of, I want to whoop your ass to scare you, but more like, because, I mean, this is tiny, so you can't see it if it's in the dark. And it doesn't say it glows, just that it's got sigils. But yeah, and it flies got, with a plus 20, so... Yeah, and you've got, a, what is that there, brain static? Brain static, while within 30 feet of a cerebric cyst, creatures take a minus two penalty on all saves against the, the creature's attacks, spells, and other abilities for a mind-affecting basic, just always active. So this is when you want to be a party of elves, because then you don't take it. No, elves can be affected by mind. They yeah. just can't be charmed. They're, uh, they're immune to mind-affecting stuff. Constructs, typically? Constructs. Okay. So yeah, like the, the Warforged in the party, of course, because hey, you always have that one guy who wants to play Warforged. He's okay on this one. So now we figure out what that empowering strike is. It can throw those at-will spells as part of an attack. Oh, I'm just going to whack you with the tentacle, and by the way, this other thing as well. Just dominate. Again, it's a strong independent ooze. Okay, and... Oh, wow, you can have a colony of 12 of these? It's never Ugh. surprised or flat-footed. This would be actually a really great creature to have as a lure. And like you said, you can have them in a colony of up to 12. This would be really funny to have, like, because they are intelligent enough to do it. It's like have one hovering at the mouth of a cave or something underground. And, of course, when the player characters, you know, go to sneak up on it, because it can never be surprised or flat-footed... Its buddies are actually hiding, like, in a pincer attack formation. God. So, you know, the rogue goes to sneak up on it to do some woogie-woogie, or the wizard, you know, does the invisibility thing, sneaks up on him, and he actually just, like, basically walks in the middle of a circle of them, 
where they just decide, you know, where they're going to gank him. <laughs> they're hiding behind every rock. They're hiding behind every stalactite and stalagmite waiting to you know, put somebody through the gauntlet. Ooh, this is out of the occult bestiary. Ooh, oh, no wonder. No bestiary I don't have. So, it actually has flavor text down there, which is kind of interesting. It does. And so... While a typical brain ooze is content with feeding on and subjugating the minds of lesser beings, cerebric cysts focus on the bigger prize. Say, vile and cruel hunger uh, oh, of psychic beings. No yeah, wonder. they only eat psychics. Or, well, they prefer psychics. They prefer psychics. Uh, manifest a greater number of, abra- of, of aggressive abilities than their brain ooze cousins. Stunning and weakening their mental defenses before draining them of precious intellectual entity or energy through their ectoplasmic tentacles. These things are like half ghost. They are. They they are definitely uh, predatory. Very. This these are actually really dangerous. Even like a single one is a bad juju to run into. And they can range anywhere between like single, double. Pack is like three to seven, and then eight to twelve or something was a colony. Yeah, you know, as a GM, I know what I'm going to call those. I'm just going to call them straight up cleric killers because <laughs> <laughs> they're smart enough to realize that the person doing the healing needs to drop first, and if they attack the mental faculties of the opponent, no matter how much physical damage they kind of do, the mental damage alone is going to just shred the crap out of the cleric's natural abilities. To do anything. Yeah, like, your power stat, screw it. Oh, yeah, just... <laughs> we're we're going to, like, drop you down to a wisdom of three. Yeah. And, like, that's the other thing, is they're intelligent. Oh, you can cast spells. You're yummy now. Oh, there we go, right there. Last line of mm. what I was just talking about. Oozes eat and breathe. But do not sleep. But do not sleep. <laughs> uh, here's one I want to look at. Oh. CR-22, would you like to read off what it is? Holy shit, I think I saw this in an episode of Creep Show. <laughs> it is a living lake. This is like SCP-level bullshit right here. Alright, yeah. living lake. Object class, Keter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd say it's Euclid. Ah, okay, well, okay, fine. Living lake, object class, Euclid. Uh, I'm not with the director, so I can't be... Uh, I'm just going to take my amnesiacs and call it a day. All right. Amnestics. Amnestics. The lake's surface is calm and serene, and a cool morning mist rises from it. Suddenly, it is alive with activity as a massive pseudopod towering dozens of feet in the air erupts like a cyclone. Jesus. It's Lake Nato. (laughs) CR-22, and... If your players can fight this thing off, they, it is definitely worth the 615,000 XP. Uh, has tremor sense of 120 feet, blind sight of 60 feet, so it knows you're there before you're there. And it has a perception of plus 40. Oh, it knows. Jesus. Oh, its AC is 23 versus flat-footed, which is plus 21 natural. Minus 8 for size? AC 23. I mean, like... Jesus. Yeah. Fuck. Uh, it's touches too, though. No, no, it's AC is 23, though. I mean, like, seriously, it's a lake. You throw a rock at it, you are going to hit it. Uh-huh. It's like, I attack. Well, you sorry, you missed the lake. <laughs> it's just like, what's next? You're going to attack a barn? Well, like, the only way I can think of its AC being that high is it's just, you can hit it all you damn well want, you just might not be doing damage. True. 
Uh, holy god. Sh- wow. It's a 20th level druid? Yep. Oh, that's terrifying, and it's alright, just because druids are fucking nasty spellcasters. Any spellcaster at level 20s. It's got a strength of 45. Ugh. Why does it have water breathing? <laughs> it has a it has some really cool spells here. There's a long list of them that are really good, but water breathing. <laughs> Summon nature's ally. That's great. The lake summons nature's ally. You see a bunch of wolverines fall into the surface and die immediately. Well, like the way I'm thinking of it, it runs <clears throat> it runs its spell casting like a druid, so, and they're labeled as neutral. So this is the sort of thing I see a druid circle putting into the lake as a protection against a bunch of loggers from the next town. But this thing is the lake, and I don't think they'd use it against loggers. I think this would be like at the center of a holy forest to protect the great woogie woogie in the center. Quite possibly. Well, it has an intelligence score and a wisdom score. Maybe this is the wise uh, creature mistaken by the locals uh, as some sort of forest... Uh, spirit creature? Yeah, I mean, I could see it. I could uh, see it. It's CMB plus 47. It's CMD 57. Jeez. Can't be tripped. Well, of course it can't be tripped. It's a freaking lake. <laughs> <laughs> but I wonder who can beat a CMD of 57 and grapple the lake? <laughs> <laughs> Shark of the land. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yes, El Tiburon can do it. Shark of the land. Do you want to call him Shark or El Toblerone? El Toblerone. <laughs> As a GM, though, I would say that this would definitely, with its intelligence score, its massive abilities and everything, and being neutral. And it can straight up speak. Yeah, it can uh, straight up speak. Uh, knowledge 33, local knowledge, nature plus 33. This is like the wise forest thing. Uh, if I was to run a game, yeah, it's been there a long time. It's been it's, the lake has been here for so long. I just awoke one day, kind of situation. Yeah, yeah. I, I definitely would. If this was a magic card, it would definitely be green. Um, I'd almost say like green black, just because it's huge and eats. Well, I I might argue green blue. This is this is a very green blue sort of thing. I would say jund. It's more bug. Maybe bug. Yeah. I'm definitely though I would say right <laughs> off the top blue green. It is labeled a living lake can become a god, so to speak, because of the will of the creatures that worship it. This is exactly what you were mentioning. See? This is you know the wise old thing in the woods. The yeah, wise, yeah, the wise old thing in the woods. Which now it makes sense why it has water breathing because you don't have to target yourself with water breathing. Ah, so you're like, oh yeah, I'll just show you around. Bip, come on through. Or maybe the wise old thing of the lake wants to uh, have a close encounter with the locals. Just saying, I'm gonna leave it there. Yeah. You know. Druid tribe maybe perhaps leads the enemy army to this lake and they happen to all just walk in fully armored of their own volition, air quotes. Air quotes. It would also be kind of fun to do with this though. It's kind of like flipping on his ear a little bit where the living lake, the godlike creature in the uh, waters, is not worshipped by you know your typical elvish or human druids, but instead by like a tribe of kobolds who just throw things into it to watch him die. 
<laughs> Sacrifice! Yeah, see, I'm seeing goblins more than that. Yeah. Kobolds will do it too. Goblins, kobolds, oh. troglodytes. Like, troglodytes would be fucking hilarious. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just like, uh, troglodytes combined with this would just make it lethal because the troglodytes with their underwater pop-up attacks... So, I mean, like, this thing is badass on its own, but, like, somebody gets close enough to the lake that they actually can, like, try to hurt it up close and personal, and surprise, Troglodyte lurks out of the water, grabs a person, throws them into the water. <laughs> so Boom, now they're, like, lizard food. <laughs> yeah. So, it has an engulf attack, because when you're that goddamn big and an ooze, what else are you going to do? And, and honestly, you know, the funny part is, looking up all these stats, my assertion, my, my allusion to the uh, movie Creepshow... Is damn near spot on. Because <laughs> in Creepshow 2, there's a segment in that where like a bunch of kids go swimming. And there's this giant oil slick on the water. They just basically eats them all one by one. And it has the giant eye just turn into a wave and swallow you whole uh, thing at the very end. Yeah. So it can, it can engulf a gargantuan too huge... 8 large, 16 medium, 32 small, and on up, like, to, to 512 fine creatures. Jesus yeah. Christ, that is colossal. So yeah. this is the thing you put up against the big... Oh god, imagine dropping a, uh, a red dragon into this lake. I mean, if you've clipped their wings so they can't fly, yes. Yep. That would be a power fight. Or, imagine a, what would happen if... One of these made friends with, say, a black dragon in the swamps. Ooh. Oh, that's horrifying. Yeah, that... Yeah. Oh, let me just... Well, if you're going to let me fine, let me be fine, I'm just going to build my house under you and call it a day. Yeah, well, black dragon making friends with these. A Ooh. dragon moves into a place, the inherent magic of the dragon begins to imbue into everything around it. Mm-hmm. Accidental living lake. Exactly. Fucking dragons. Like two or three of them just parked nearby. Maybe it was same... fucking dragons. We don't know. That would be one giant slime girl. And dragons have polymorphs, so, you know. It's like yep. watching two kaiju choke each other. What the? God damn it, dude, with those pictures? <laughs> I mean, that's a heartwarming picture, but damn it, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but but yeah, like this is an example, and I actually have this book because if you want to use this at home, you can find it in the Tomb of Horrors complete. Oh dear! Copyright 2011 Necromancer Games. Blah blah blah. Sponsor us, please. But but so it, it's a pretty good thing of like the massive big penultimate, and it's neutral. And it's neutral, so you can have it play a couple different sides. Maybe at once. A it's cult got, mm -hmm. just so happens to make sacrifices. Ooh, there's one that I've actually whipped out on a group. Mm. The Hungry Fog. Ooh. You guys fought that, and everybody thought it was a necromancer fight. Because it has the skulls and stuff in it. So you guys were thinking this was like a big necromancer undead thing. Oh. Yeah, so this, uh, this slime that I, we're talking about here, uh, the Hungry Fog, I brought into a game... And the group mistakenly thought it was going to be like some big undead fight because of the based on the description of the creature. So they were fighting completely wrong. And this is a great example of oozes being used in a way that catches your uh, players off guard. Mm. Yeah. Because usually when you see an ooze, you're just like, oh, it's a slime. 
Quick, throw some breadcrumbs at it to absorb it. it. Ooh, a slime! Get the kitty litter. And it, it doesn't work on a fog. No, it no, doesn't. So check out the descriptor there, fellas. Horrid shapes form within this cloying green mist, which pulses sporadically and with seeming veracity. It hungers. It hungers. And I believe in the book it further details that the fog uh, actually has what looks like spectral skulls floating around in it. Uh, no, 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 no. Yeah. yeah, there it is. Miss interacts strangely with fragments of those it has consumed, creating eerie phantasms of its past victims. Right there. That is where you can easy see, oh yeah, there's a bunch of weird shaped skulls in here. It might have been humanoid once. Well, it also goes on to say that um, if undead are uh, within the... Um, the Hungry Ooze. The Hungry Ooze itself. Hungry fog. The Hungry Fog. Hungry Mist. They are actually healed by it. Oh. So undead that are... Because, uh, like, right here. He just actually scrolled to the line. Uh, undead gain considerable boons by fighting within a Hungry Fog for its mist heal them as surely as it would drain the vitality from living creatures. It, it's a straight-up negative energy ooze. It's, a, it's yep. a negative energy ooze. But I do specifically remember somebody in our party going, I tried Turn Undead. <laughs> <laughs> How'd that turn out? I forget. Yeah, it didn't. <laughs> I know you guys uh, downed it, but it took some effort once you guys started figuring out that the undead stuff wasn't working. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So, for its defensive traits, it's actually really super easy to do anything against it. It's only got 59 hit points, AC of 5. Uh, you can throw a rock and hit it. You can sneeze and hit it. Uh, you can hit it and quit it. Whatever. It's just right there in front of you. And But it has a DR of 10 slash magic. Immune to acid, electricity. It has ooze traits. Uh, immune to sonic. Resist cold 10. It is only weakness is vulnerable to wind. Which makes sense. You dissipate a fog by sending it elsewhere. Exactly. But nowhere in there, other than negative energy affinity, does it have any other undead traits. Yeah. It It is not an undead. It is not an undead. It's a, sl- it's a ooze. So it's got ooze traits. That's where you got, or that group was uh, screwing up at. Plus a fly of 15 uh, feet at perfect maneuverability. Really screws with people if you're fighting on uneven terrain. Oh, yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Uneven terrain. Um, it's not very fast, but then again, most fog isn't fast. Well, actually, scroll up just for a quick moment here. I want to show something that's really messed up. This is a, only a CR6, okay? Uh-huh. So a group of four players run in. This is a challenge for all four of them at level six, obviously. However... If you go down to its offensive capabilities and see that its melee is plus five versus touch AC, this screws your fighter and your cleric, your paladin. Anyone in that big heavy armor. Anybody in that big heavy armor is not getting the benefits of their big heavy armor. Yeah, imagine it. They're obviously not going to be dex build characters for the most part. And then on top of that, you throw 6d6 negative energy when it hits. It hits like a freight train. Yeah. It hits like a freaking freight train. But at the same token, at you can still outrun it. Well, let's it see. only takes... It only has a 15-foot move, 
and it takes up 15 feet of space. It also reaches 15 feet. Yeah, so if you can get more than 45 feet away from it and then keep going... Which is why I said uneven terrain. If you're a GM and you really want to mess with your party, they're fighting on a stairwell. Oh. Ooh, that would yeah. do it. Uh, mud. You know, rocky terrain. Rocky yeah. terrain. The yeah. roots here aren't great. So they're fighting on silt. Ooh. You know, something that will slow the group down would definitely or screw them up. You, they have to try and climb back out of this, you know pit they went down into. Yeah, or yeah, they climbed down into a pit. Taking 18 points of negative energy damage per turn on average for an entire group. It will wreck things. It, yeah, devastating. Devastating. And, and then it's you got the special snowflakes that want to play Oh, I'm a, I'm a damp here. I'm an, I'm an undead. Uh, just... Why does this bother anyone? It feels great. <laughs> yeah, of course the damn here. This feels great. Now, it has something called a bewitching broom, which I want to read. That's a bewitching broom? B-R-U-M-E. Oh, broom. I have no idea how that's actually pronounced, but I need you to scroll down. That's the aura attack it has, which is also down in offensive. DC 17. 3D6 negative energy and staggered. Oh. Yeah. Any creature within 10 feet of a hungry fog, so you don't even have to be in that reach, or, or currently being, being affected. affected. Oh my god. Uh, the will save is actually uh, really doable, though. That's like a, fuck, 60% chance to succeed at base level. So, it must succeed the save of DC 8, or become shaken for one round at a half-glimpsed shape of phantoms floating within the fog. It's just, it's the byproduct of the fact that these things sort of create false phantasms of mm -hmm. the things that they eat. Well, it's just a basic, like, it's accidental is perhaps the best way to play it off. Yeah, this, this is a horror creature. Like, when I ran it, that's what I was looking at. Uh, I don't know how you guys would run it, but definitely, this is the horror creature to scare the shit out of players. Yeah. Uh, special abilities, especially in confined spaces, or again, deep in a pit, you climb down to find out what's down there. Surprise! This Madness. is to show you that not every problem could be solved with hitting it with a sword. Or a gun. Or really any sort of material weapon, per se. And you think about it, you get into those situations, stairwell, pit, down in a cavern. It's susceptible to wind. Unless you have an elemental druid, you're not making enough wind. Ironically, however, one of the best ways to fight this is with one of the most overlooked magic items. Mm. The fan of gusts. Mm. Whoosh. Because yeah, got the, you know, that's that little paper fan, and you wave it around, and it creates a gust of wind. And, like, people, whenever you get it, you get it, because it's really easy to get in the uh, treasure trove almost like every game somebody gets that fucking fan and they're like god damn it why don't I have this and it winds up in a backpack and forgotten and it is a terrifying thing because it's like oh this thing does wind damage if you use it in combat for like a little pittance yeah that little pittance is still doubled yeah that fan could basically defeat this thing and so imagine if you're playing sort of an offbeat um, bard at that point you're just doing distraction yeah. I mess up your hair! Yeah, yeah. And now all of a sudden, I mess up your hair becomes, holy shit, this works! Or, 
if you have that one guy in your group. There's always that one guy. That one guy who manages to somehow convince the GM to let him have third-party materials and uses the Breaking Wind spell, <laughs> maximized, that could actually do some damage to a Hungry Fog. <laughs> Just say it. I cast Noxious Gas. Yeah, Noxious Gas. I feel like I have that as an innate ability. Yeah, you do. So yeah, this is the creature I would use to scare uh, players. And yeah, I think I think that's right. As the other thing I could see, I could see manipulators, specifically manipulators that deal with undead. Well, can you, you imagine two or three of these and be like, oh yeah, you know, wind in a bottle, right? Nothing special in its own right. Blast one of these things out and then drop your your undead minions and walk off. Well. <laughs> The, the thing I like about this uh, particular ooze is you can also use it as a um, two-part trap. One of the traps, say, is you have a hallway that's, you know, your standard hallway, 10 by 10 square, X amount of feet long, in a zone of uh, darkness. And the hungry fog is right on the other side of that zone of darkness. So the moment you step in, suddenly, ah, you start burning, you get staggered, you take damage from energy type negative and you know you back out and you're like what the hell happened it's like a trip into hell people are gonna people are gonna go what the hell is this they're not gonna think that it's a creature yeah not, not their first thoughts the other thought is to actually um do a trap where you have like holes in the side of the wall or whatever with like little spikes sticking out about like a quarter of an inch so people think oh it's going to be like the crushing walls with spikes you just don't tell them it's somewhere, you know, about one foot up, ten feet in. There's a hole where there's not a spike in it. Just one. Yeah. So they, so the thief, you know, of course, rolls the disable trap. They stick a couple of ten-foot poles down on the floor, call it all good. They walk through, hit a pressure plate, and the gas gets pumped into the uh, chamber that they're currently in. And now they have this crazy spooky fog thing. Now they have a crazy spooky fog being injected into the, uh, yeah, the play space. And it hurts. And it hurts. Yeah, I could see that. Oh, yeah. Two-part trap. Maybe you like, surprise, the real trap wasn't it. <laughs> a trap a wasn't a trap. Trapception. Trapception. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's devilish. I like it. Yeah. You, like you, it. Can do, you can actually put this in some really good devilish traps. And a necromancer definitely would have fun. Oh, God damn it with the pictures. What the f- Uh, Why are you like this? Because Dude. It's it's a flavor saver for in between. He's trying to get me to like fucking lose my composure and start like an after dark ooh, episode ooh. here. There's a there's one called an oblivion. It's just above where I you're am uh, very apologetic to our listeners for that um sound of silence we had there as he was showing me pictures, but I was distracted by uh <laughs> Wow, we keep picking the big ones. Yeah you do. Embrace Oblivion. <laughs> what the shit? What the... Holy crap. Okay, so... I have just had a flashback to Final Fantasy IX. As I see the description of Oblivion, which is a single sinister eye glares from the heart of this rolling cloud of darkness as tentacles of smoke and co smoke coil and writhe beneath it. Uh, I'm getting like... I have Sauron vibes. I'm getting like Overmind vibes from yeah. Starcraft. Like, damn. Well, this is a colossal ooze, so it's like what 
three hundred feet across. Some stupid. Big Some thing. stupid ass number. It's it's a kaiju made out of slime. Of smoke well, slime at that. Smoke yeah. slime. Ah, so it's been banned indoors. That's okay. <laughs> it's like running into a gun-free zone when there's an active shooter. <laughs> you just run into a place that says no smoking allowed. Bam! This slime isn't going to go there. Oh my god! Dr. Fifteen, epic and good. Oh. Oh my goodness. Uh, Dr. Fifteen versus Epic. So yeah, this is a, a no. Wait, this isn't mythic. It's not quite mythic, but it's well, not let's see where we find immune it. to annihilation. Yeah, because it's kind of hard to annihilate Oblivion. Bestiary six. Ah, Bestiary six. That's the demonic bestiary. So this is yeah. straight out of hell. Straight out of hell. So it is a hell slime with an initiative of plus seventeen, blind sight one twenty, see in darkness, uh, aura of dubiety. 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 It has a burrow speed and a fly speed? Yep. Try to escape Ugh. that. SR31? That's a hell of a spell resist. It's, it's outright immune to banishment, electricity, and annihilation. And it resists fire, because fuck you. And I like this. It's colossal and has a plus 23 to where it's reflex saves. Jesus. Look at its special attacks. It can, like, backflip as your monk tries to, you know, axe kick it. Uh, it can summon things. Forties, uh, only four slams. Okay, only four attacks. That's not bad. It can summon things. Well, yeah. So, which means that on its own, it might only be swinging four times. Okay. But if it drops a bunch of minions. Okay. Okay. Wait. 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 No. 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 The worst right here. Oh my god. At will disintegrate. Yep. Jesus. DC-21 is nothing to slouch at, either. No, DC-21 as your save uh, versus... Oh, let's see, this is a... Uh, it's a CR-20 monster. Yeah, it says caster level 20th, but it doesn't say where its uh, spell-like abilities... Uh, what its core ability stat is, but... Oh, God. 21 is not much to sneeze at, and that will disintegrate... That's... At will, deeper darkness, and disintegrate with DCs of 21. Three times a day, it can do a quickened disintegrate, because fuck you extra fast. Yeah, fuck you extra fast. And <laughs> once a day, time stop. Hammer time. Hammer time. That! I see that even one a day. Opening up the uh, first round of combat with a time stop, followed by a quickened disintegrate, followed by a normal disintegrate. Bam, bam, bam! Knocking down player characters like fucking bowling pins. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. Blinding critical. Nice. It hits you, you go blind. Flyby attack. Improved critical. Improved initiative. Improved vital strike. Power attack. Quicken spell like ability. Disintegrate. Vital strike. Yeah, this is, um. This is McNasty. This is an in game boss. It has an int of seven. So. You know, if this is your endgame boss, you have another boss further up. No, no, no. This is an endgame boss. This is the uh, master manipulator. This is the guy who's just sitting there and be like, ah, I wanted to f see if you could beat him. That's if fair. you beat him, you're good enough to fight me. See, this is like when you're in a video yep. game and that guy who was standing at the corner at the beginning turns out to actually be the guy who's in charge. Yeah. Right. Right. Any spaces in oblivion moves through are left fallow and lifeless in its wake. Ground it moves over. Okay, so basically this is something we should unleash on San Francisco. Oh. If only. 
So this, okay. Well, it would so clean this, up the poop. In Seattle. Uh, oh, yeah, it would unleash it in Seattle. That would help clean up the poop, too. Jeez. Uh, it it outright is like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to walk by, and all the plants are going to die because I walked by. Because. Um, ugh. I actually want to see if it has a special ability here, because I'm looking at how it, like, kills all life and stuff, but... Damn it, it doesn't, like, instantly kill constructs. <laughs> that would be fun. Oh my goodness, it's got so many special abilities. Yeah, this is definitely something in-game that would just be like, I'm done running this game, I want to kill the players. Oh, it... Flavor text here. An oblivion is a manifestation of disbelief and decay, and the forces of compassion and creativity are direct anathema. So, basically, this is... The entity of atheism. <laughs> no, I, I was thinking more like this is the entity of, like, you know, universities. Yeah, yeah, that too. Yeah. Just, just thinking, you know, disbelief and decay. I don't believe in gender. <laughs> yep. There's a, yeah, there's an oblivion coming. Oh. Because we all know that, you know, my weight does not um, define my fitness. <laughs> oh. And Talisman of the Sphere. I wonder why that particular one. Is it because of the the giant glowing eye? Or is it because of some other reason? Because the Talisman of the Sphere is also anathema. This is also like opposite day of... Uh, and of course, I'm going to have to bring up the reference again to uh, Skyrim. But this is like... If Hermaeus Mora had an evil twin brother. You know, like... Because Hermaeus Mora, for those who don't know, in Skyrim is when the universe of Mundus was created, all the leftovers went to him. All the forbidden knowledge, all the hidden stuff, all the ideas that never panned out. All the secrets. All the secrets. That yeah. was all him. That that all like coalesced and became Hermaeus Mora. So he knows all yeah. the dark little things. But this is like the opposite of him. It's just like, instead of all the little things going to him, he just kills all the little things. Just... Rolls through and all life dies. All is dust. Well, check out this giant write-up on everything about it here. But yeah. I know one way I could kill Oblivion. Real easy. I, I, this is not me power gaming. This is just looking at the strengths and weaknesses. I would need 15 1-1 squirrel tokens. <laughs> Don't forget, you also need a... Um... Oh, God. It's the one that gives them indestructible. Yeah, well, I mean, it already has Annihilate 4, so... Yeah. <laughs> Magic players will obviously get the reference. Yep. Huh. Okay. Oh, my God. That would actually be a really great game here. Yeah. Oh, my God. This you want to close in here? Oh, this would be a great seat for a game. Okay, as a GM, like Grim Dollmakers, Oblivions can recreate slain victims from their own dark substance, transforming a world's heroes and villains into hollow pawns they can dispatch to slay would-be heroes who undermine organized resistance. As you mentioned earlier, they only have an intelligence 7. So the rough calculation is an IQ of around 70, which is... You know, fair. In, if it's a temperature you reach in your house, it's it, It's basically the same as like a middle schooler. Yeah. You know, a 70 yeah. IQ. So imagine you're, you're, you're writing up your game session here and... The game is basically a dull... Or the Oblivion has come along to a world... Everything has been annihilated. 
But then the Oblivion recreates the world because, like a little kid, he's playing with his dolls. Ah! The player characters the whole time who are being heroes to fight the villains don't realize that the only reason they're doing this is because everything's already dead. And the 70 IQ over deity of the world is just basically, right now, playing with a uh, fucking G.I. Joe playset. <laughs> the fact that one side of them is actually resisting is just amusement. That would be so fucking realistic to get to the end. You finally defeat it as the heroes, and then you're like, you start fading away. You're like, what's going on? It's like, oh, crap, we're toys. Mr. Stark, I don't feel so Mr. good. Stark, I don't feel so good. No. <laughs> oh, that would be like a really fucked up realistic kind of game to run. It's like, and Oblivion is the reason the whole world exists. The ho these hollow rep reproductions know little of their master's will beyond sharing comfort in the coming end of days and most def desperately fill in the gaps with appealing philosophies. <laughs> They're just smart enough to be like, yeah, the end is coming, but I don't care. Yeah. And yeah. then yeah. everything yeah. else around that is just whatever they cock up from yeah, their so own Yeah, so the, the heroes go after the big bad evil guy. They don't care that killing the big bad evil guy will bring about the end of the days. Because they've got to get rid of him because he's so evil. It's better if nobody lives than to live under his tyranny. <laughs> yeah, that would absolutely be an entire game. That would be an entire game. That would be so messed up. Do it. That would be such a fun thing I think to you're see. the only one that can at this point there, Gob. Yeah, you know, because that, that has a lot of deep horror and... That would be very deep horror, because that would make... That's like questioning the nature of your own existence levels of horror. It's Nyon Cosmic Horror. Nyon Cosmic. And, yeah, you, out of our group, I think you're the only one that could pull it off. It would be really interesting to watch it happen. It would also be really hard not to play the original soundtrack to Oblivion while running the game. Yeah. No, that's just flavor text, and it's a distraction. It and is. you do it real low so that everyone has to be quiet to hear it. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that would be really messed up, actually, because the high notes kind of are a little spooky when taken out of context. <laughs> All right, let's... You know we what? got let's, time for one more? We got time for one more. Let's uh, tone it down. Long. Yeah, let's tone it down to something that's fightable, like under CR6. Because so far we start with a CR7 and a CR6 and then CR, oh my god. Well, CR22 and then 20. And then a 20. Yeah. So. Let, let's look, so we're looking through the list right now. You know, Shoggoth uh, sounds interesting. Shoggoth? No. That no, sounds too high? That sounds way too high. Just right off the bat, that sounds like some non-Euclidean Cthulhu level bullshit right there. I want to see now. You know what? Fuck it. You know what? White pudding. White pudding. <laughs> White pudding. <laughs> CR6. God go. damn it. It's CR6. <laughs> no, 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 no. no. <laughs> what else we got here? Choke ooze. CR17. CR17. Oh my jeez. What the? Uh, I do not even want to look at glacial ooze because by the time my characters can fight it, you know, the next fucking mass extinction event has already taken place. <laughs> um, Living Nebula. This will tie in with our previous no, no, one. No, no, no. <laughs> no, that's going to be way too big. If it's got a name like Living ne uh, Nebula. Five. Five. Uh, um, what's a Doppeldreck? I don't know what a Doppeldreck is, but I'm guessing it's a CR5. CR5. CR Apparently, oozes are some of the most badass in the game because every other one would have been like CR13. Yeah, normally when we used to play back in the day, like if you saw an ooze, you were like, wait, we're level four. Why are we still fighting these? 
There, there it is. Oh, here we go. Here's a tiny AB1. A good introductory creature to end our episode is the giant amoeba at a whopping CR1. CR1. Ooh. Um, and of course, you know, these are creatures we're looking out of the D20 PFSRD for Pathfinder. But the ideas are rather interesting. And... The ideas are rather interesting, yes. And they can still be used in other game settings. Still. You just may have to play with the stat blocks. That, that's why we're talking about the concepts more than the actual stat blocks. You know, yeah. like the horror ooze and the giant lake ooze. Because this stuff could exist on an alien world. Oh, yeah, yeah, if you're running a space game, or if you're running a corporate game, some laboratory might be making this stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh, so, yeah. So, uh, as a GM, you know, there's always room for growth when taking concepts, so... This Take little CR1 on. here is just a starter for your group if you're fucking doing a Mass Effect-style game. They might wind up on a planet where there's a giant amoeba. Yeah. That is aquatic in nature, so it's going to be in water. Only 15 hit points, so fairly weak. A, good, a couple of good shots will take it down. Maybe four. That's, uh... Doop, doop, doop. Four magic missiles will kill it. Yeah. It's got a slam attack. Well, most of them do, actually. A lot of them have slam. And like this one, 1d3 plus 1. Plus. Plus 1d3 acid and grab. So that's... Oh, wait, wait, wait. 1d3 plus 1. Okay, so yeah, it only it's... has plus 1d3 acid. It, it, yeah, it, it's basically like a 1d6 split in half. Yeah. This half is bludgeoning, and this half is acid. Oh, and then there's plus one, and it grab, and it has a chance to grapple you. And then it has a constrict. You know, it'd be really um, fucking gross to deal with this. If it wasn't CR1, I would say, you know, if it was more of a later low game or mid game, mm-hmm. is a giant amoeba that, like, splits every round of combat. Yeah, I could totally see how something like that would totally fuck everyone's day because it's a compounding issue. It's a compounding issue, so you got to deal with it quick. You got to hit it hard and fast early on, or you're getting into a, a very long-term combat. Yeah, yeah. Which is actually one of the other reasons we did skip over. It actually, does something similar to that, and a individual you know and I know, he hates the shit out of that news. It's a crystalline ooze that when you kill it, it shatters, mm-hmm. and all the little crystals turn into more oozes. Nice. So this is what the T-1000 should have been. Yeah, well, you guys were fighting one, and Darth Narciss was actually taking the front and center with Balthor, his uh, dwarf, beats the crap out of it, and then, oh no, is when he delivers the killing blow when I describe what it does, and then he like gets that recognition, he's like, oh my god, this is a crystalline ooze. I hate you. Yeah, I hate you. All right. <laughs> Those so, two sentences followed very clo- closely after. Oh, yeah. A giant amoeba is a shapeless mass of living liquid protoplasm. Again, living and eats food and air. Although naturally translucent with darker interior spots, its surface is slightly sticky and tends to collect dirt and other debris. Debris. Debr- other debris. Debris. It collects other debris from its environment. Therefore, a moving giant amoeba looks like muddy water. That is a hell of a slam on that artist. He's a great musician. <laughs> Why are they slamming muddy waters? Anyway, a weaker cousin of the creature is the gray ooze and black pudding. Uh, so basically, it's uh, happy to prey upon creatures smaller than it. It's often... It, it, it's constant hunger will uh, lure it to attack larger prey like humanoids. So this is something that takes care of rats in the sewers. Yeah. 
So right. this would be something you'd want to put down in your sewer system as well. Yeah, this would be something that uh, clean out pests in the sewers. You know, like parasites, rats, insects. This would be like totally something a town would use. Oh, yeah. It doesn't climb. Yeah, it just straight up rolls around. It's, it's just straight. It swims. It's, it, it climbs well underwater. It's amphibious. So it's not really going to get out of the well. So yeah, you put a colony of these down in your uh, your town, and you've got it clean. So there's one use for it as a NPC fodder thing. As a player, uh, as a GM, this is not the thing I want to be fighting. Oh, it does actually have a climb speed. My bad. It's not very fast it's outside not very of water. It's Outside of water, it's not terribly uh, fast. Let's see, and it's a small ooze. Yeah, it would. It's still you can still contain it fairly easily. I'm just saying though. What I really would not want to uh, encounter this because it's solitary or colony, so um, anywhere between one alone or one alone. up to nine. So let's say uh, the group is level twos. All right, so they've got some experience. So a, cha a good challenge that would really wake them up is to throw four of these in the water. Oh yeah, because that would be pretty difficult. And then they have to cross through water to say hip high or waist high, which halves your speed. Yep. And then they've got a swim speed of 20. Which means that they are faster than you Which means under you, those circumstances. Under that circumstance. Unless you're, like, zippy fast. They're aquatic. That's playing to their strengths. Yeah. Outside so. of water, these are nothing more than free XP. Now, imagine, as we stated before, a black dragon settles into a swamp where there's a whole bunch of giant amoebas. And its magic naturally infuses into everything. Mm-hmm. So then you can totally put some extra mod into these. Oh, yeah. They spit acid all of a sudden. They or, have a projectile attack. Or, because it says, you know, that they're, they're sticky on the outside, because they're living with a black dragon, their skin turns black. And they start drinking blood. They're uh, leeches. Basically. I know somebody who would get up and walk away from the table. <laughs> real fucking quick. Real quick. Oh, that'd be so great. <laughs> Speaking of real quick, we are oh. out of time. Holy crap. Oh, I managed to make it through a, an entire episode without talking about sexy slime girl tits. Damn it. <laughs> okay. Um. Almost. Almost. All right. So, yeah, I'm just going to... Ooh, hello. I'm going to... Stop with the pictures. <laughs> You're making him lose his train of thought. Oh, look that's another one of those. That's, oh, <laughs> that's so like heartwarming. That is exactly. like not even lewd. It's just fun. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna sign off because we are over time. Game Goblin, going back to my crypt. Have fun with you, the slimes, you uh, GMs out there. And please don't follow my example of stuff. <laughs> Next. Mm. Slimes are in, slimes are more environmental. It feels like, and that's that's sort of how you play them. Like we've talked about in our episode about plant monsters, it's how you think about their use. Someone's gonna find a clever way to use it, a slime, and you're gonna be like, "Huh? Why didn't I think of that?" So just have fun with it. With that, Kazakhan, back to these guys. Darth Blasphemous signing off.
fucking goddamn motherfucking hate people pulling fucking electronics out at my fucking game table and fucking staring at a fucking phone or tablet or a computer screen when they should be looking at the goddamn battle map.